Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is wonderful from a certain point of view. I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me is a special guest making a return appearance here on Star Wars Counseling. It is a small sip of whiskey in the afternoon. Anyway, it's a great guest that really helps me with my insights. This week, this episode, I am just tackling one grievance. I'm fighting with some writing deadlines, and this is such a juicy grievance. I feel, why not take the time to just really enjoy it like a good single malt scotch? Mmm, that's not a single malt scotch. That is Jameson, so I'll just rush through it. Anyway, on to the matter at hand. Our one and only grievance this episode is a good one. It is the map to Skywalker. A timely one, too. This comes to us from Luke Larson at L.A. Larson 11 on Twitter. Or La Larson, perhaps? Who knows? He does. Anyway, Luke asks, Need help with how the map works in The Force Awakens? They don't have a map of the galaxy? What did R2 find when he wakes? Now, this is a great question, and this is one that uh, I think can be distracting when you first view The Force Awakens. I remember coming out of the my very first viewing of The Force Awakens, uh, enraptured and stunned and feeling very bad. There was a hole in my heart for Han Solo, just like there was an actual hole in his chest. Spoilers. Sorry. But I also remember thinking, like, map? to Skywalker. I was just so washed away by it all. I didn't think through the logic. And I was like, if Luke wanted to hide, why did he leave like a map? Why did he be like, um, 
you know, I'm going to spread throughout the galaxy like a little map where you can draw pictures and try to find me, like Denny's. Go to your local Dexter's Denny's Diners and find the map to me, Luke Skywalker. And then, of course, the very uh, next viewing, I realized that uh, while it is not necessarily clearly stated in the film, it is very clearly not a map to Luke Skywalker. It's a map to where Luke Skywalker is hiding out, which means it is a map to where people believe the first Jedi temple is located. I think that's all pretty clear, but there's a lot more confusion in how the actual map works. What did R2 have? What does Laura Santeca have? What does Kylo Ren want? That's a deeper question. But in terms of the map, what does the First Order want? What is the Resistance looking for? All of that. So let's get into some details so we can describe it not as a map to Skywalker. That's the romantic way to say it. It is a map to the first Jedi Temple. And some of the best way to discuss it comes straight from the mouth of our beloved protocol droid, C-3PO. 3PO's actual dialogue is, General, I regret to inform you, but this map recovered from BB-8 is only partially complete. And even worse... It matches no charted system on record. We simply do not have enough information to locate Master Luke. So, this gives us a a couple bits of information. It is a map uh, to the First Jedi Temple where Luke is hiding out. So it's not just like one location. It's not just like putting it into Google search and saying, where is Jedi Temple first? And then it just pops up a location. This is the map. This is the Google Maps to the first Jedi Temple. But most importantly, it says that it matches no charted system on record. So the part of the map that they uh, get from Lor Santeca that they are looking at at that moment is clearly navigating a system of some kind to get to the first Jedi Temple, but the system is not a match for any charted system. So we know that Achtu is not charted. It is like an island in the ocean of space. It's there. It's maybe always been there, but we don't know exactly where. We don't know exactly how to get to it. Some sleuths on, this is going to blow your mind, but some people on Reddit, some detectives on Reddit, some Redditectors, they found information that makes it seem like perhaps this system is in the inner rim. Now, they did this by zooming in on some of the images from The Force Awakens and looking at positions of planets and then, I believe, mapping them with what is basically uh, from various books as much as we do know about the canon of the galactic maps and seeing that, well, Octu doesn't seem to be that far from, like, Malastare, which is a planet in the inner rim. So somebody, of course, did what any logical Reddit detective would do they bug Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter? And Pablo Hidalgo said something along the lines of, uh, wait until December, smiley face, meaning, one would assume, the release of The Last Jedi. So maybe we will get a little bit more information. Maybe it will be not plot relevant, but maybe flavor relevant that this thing that everyone was looking for is not in wild space. It is not in the unknown regions. It's not in this small part of the galaxy that nobody really cares about Tatooine, where everybody goes to anyway. No, but it is right in the middle of kind of the hot spots of the galaxy, and yet it was lost to time, lost to memory, not a charted system, or maybe just not charted ever at all. 
So that's a little bit about why they certainly do. The characters of Star Wars have a map to the galaxy, but those maps are not entirely complete. So the location of Achtu is an issue, but also how do you get there? Because hyperspace in modern canon has really made a lot of hyperspace. You can know where a planet is, but you could, in theory, not know how to get there in at least not get there safely or quickly. Thus, we have in modern canon, I said thus in the 21st century, we have a ton of stories that are based on hyperspace lanes. Uh, that happened a lot in of discussion of that in the Clone Wars television show about the control of different hyperspace lanes. You have to uh, imagine or just guess it makes sense that the map to Skywalker is just that. It is a map of where Octu is and how to get there using some good old hyperspace. Now, I personally am not an expert on the galactic maps of Star Wars. I know there are people who really dive into that, and there is a great resource that I spent some time on this morning. That resource is swgalaxymap.com. This is a uh, kind Star Wars fan who has invested a lot of time in taking all sorts of information from canon and legends and trying to accurately map, using actual mapping skills, map the Star Wars galaxy based on the information that we get from movies and books and comic books and Pablo Hidalgo's Twitter feed. Um, When I say, I'm just going to be honest with you, dear listeners, when I say I spent a little bit of time on this this morning. I meant I stared at it for at least 90 minutes, zooming around, remembering a planet I liked and saying, where is that? How close is it to this? It's very fascinating. And I think it's uh, good for us all as Star Wars fans, the kind of fans that want to be really invested in figuring out the nuts and the bolts and the details. It's really interesting to look at uh, the way that map defines wild space and the way that map uh, defines the unknown regions. So all of that is to say there are certainly resources for galactic maps. There are books that have been put out by Lucasfilm. There is this great uh, swgalaxymap.com. But I think we must always remember that Star Wars is space fantasy. It is not science fiction. And just like many things in Star Wars, the most important force in mapping the galaxy, will always be the mysterious power of narrative necessity. Star Wars, I think, has been real clear. The first time you heard a spaceship roar through the soundless vacuum of space, that Star Wars is more interested in what looks cool, what sounds cool, what feels real, what feels exciting and mythic, and not being absolutely tied to things like the exact distance or location of a planet. So I think you have to remember with all of this that, in my opinion, the uh, most important force of Star Wars is always going to be narrative. Now, that, I don't think that they're, once they've really established something like, yeah, Geonosis is close to Tatooine, that is stated clearly in Attack of the Clones, I don't think they're ever going to move that around and say, actually, Geonosis is on the other side of the galaxy. But when you're dealing with relatively new stuff like Octu, we are dealing with slippery, slippery power of narrative. And maps can only fight the power of narrative so much. And sometimes the wiggliness, the strangeness of how much our characters have or have not charted the galaxy, how much they have a clear map of the galaxy, sometimes that can actually provide us with fun character moments. Like in Attack the Clones, when we realize Jocasta knew 
is full of it. She gets really haughty with Obi-Wan Kenobi and says, if an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. She is talking there, of course, about Kamino, but in theory, if Obi-Wan Kenobi had gone to talk to Dexter Jetster and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, this here's one of them Octuian saber darts, and Obi-Wan Kenobi went and looked for uh, Octu, he would have got the same answer from Jocasta New in theory, because she has this uh, very dogmatic Jedi view that their archives are complete and correct. But now we would know from The Force Awakens, since we know that the Octu system is not charted according to 3PO, that 3PO is basically saying Jocasta New is full of crap. That, to me, is not uh, a problem. It is an opportunity to have more storytelling about these characters' perspective and not necessarily something to get upset about because the galactic maps are not necessarily... The logic of the galactic maps is not necessarily 100% clear to us yet. It is an opportunity for characters to be wrong, which is sometimes a fun thing that fleshes out the characters. Basically, what me and my whiskey are rambling about here is I think that this is cool to have this perspective of the actual galactic map and more largely of Star Wars itself. No matter how much we know, there is always more to learn. I like an only partially complete galactic map because you know what it is? It is honest Google Maps. Google Maps tries to claim it knows everything, but here the Star Wars Galactic Map is saying, like, yes, we know where all these planets are, but some that haven't been created or mentioned yet because we haven't told that story yet should obviously be right there, but they're not right now because we haven't written that story yet. And even though the Jedi believe that they have all of the systems mapped, including, in theory, where the first Jedi Temple is, but I guess maybe they don't. I guess they just didn't care and it was not a priority to the Jedi. And, you know, but you know what? But Google would try to tell you, no, 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 we got this. If Google exists, in the Star Wars galaxy, they would tell you to turn left into a sun, into one of the twin suns of Tatooine. Absolutely, they would. It has happened to me many times where Google Maps has told me the best way to get to Chipotle is to drive into the Pacific Ocean. And I like that our Star Wars galactic map is a little bit more honest than that, where it says there may be a Chipotle there, but it is not charted. And the best way to get there might be flying the Millennium Falcon through yet another asteroid field. Who knows? We don't. Anyway, here's a story. Have some fun. And just like a star pilot who does not have an entirely accurate map, I have been wandering through the Rishi maze sharing some general thoughts about galactic maps. But let's get down back to Luke's question about some of the practical stuff about the map to Skywalker slash the first Jedi Temple. Now, I think there are just some practical nuts and bolts things, some of which have just been clarified by J.J. Abrams in interviews, which is amazing that we as fans can wait for directors to give interviews so we can finish drawing our maps. There are two parts to the map to uh, to Luke Skywalker and the First Jedi Temple. So Lor Santeca has one. He has the MacGuffin map that sets everything in The Force Awakens in motion. Uh, and we got some interesting tidbits. If you have played the Battlefront 2 story campaign, which we're going to be talking about a little bit more on the Force Center main show, you know that there's a little bit more uh, to this. Uh, that's all I'll say in case you haven't played it yet and you want to. But there's some fun stuff about Kylo's search for the map, and about uh, lore having lore about the map. Anyway, so Lor Santeca has one part of it, and then the First Order and the Empire 
have another part of it. So to break this down, we know that Lor Santeca and Luke, at some point, were just wandering the galaxy, finding out more information about the Jedi. Now, it might be narratively important in The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi has gone to the first Jedi temple. Is he just looking for, how did this all begin? Look, there are physical books here, which don't normally have long been out of use in the galaxy. Or is there some actual really concrete thing that Luke is looking for or doing? Or is it just like, I'm going to go to where this all began and think about whether or not this should have begun to begin with? But Lor Senteca and Luke, they have been uh, searching for locations exactly like this, other Jedi temples. So it's perfectly logical that at some point, Lor Senteca and Luke discovered clues to where the first Jedi Temple was, and maybe Luke finished this task himself after Kylo destroyed the new Jedi school, or maybe this is information that both Lore and Luke had, although I feel like the story has been that Lore is actively looking for Luke, so if he just knew where he was, he might go try to talk to his buddy. Anyway, the point is, I think this first part of the map, the part that Laura Santeca gives to Poe in the beginning of The Force Awakens, is the result of research that he and Luke Skywalker and perhaps others have been doing. Now, the other part of the map is something that the Empire had. Now, this makes a lot of sense because the Emperor was also searching for any sort of Force artifacts, anything Jedi, anything Sith, who knows anything that had a little bit of Force sparkle on it, the Emperor wanted it. So one can uh, presume, and this is supported by some actual dialogue too, that uh, Palpatine had been researching this and he had found part of the map to the first Jedi Temple. Now, because good old Palpatine has the uh, part of the map, so does the First Order, because the First Order retained all of the information that the Empire had. And also, this is the part that I had been thinking like, well, this just logically makes sense, and then you know what? I looked it up, and J.J. Abrams said it in an interview. R2 is in low power mode, of course, because he is bummed out that Luke Skywalker has left the galaxy. That's, you know, he hasn't left the galaxy. He maybe went to the inner rim. Anyway, he has left R2. So R2 also has this same part of the map that the First Order has because the Empire had, because R2 allegedly got this information from one of the various times he plugged into the Empire's, uh, basically, data centers. So R2 is basically just a really high-end hacker. Basically, every time he uh, puts his little appendage into a data port, he's like, I'm going to steal some more stuff. I believe J.J. Abrams actually said that in his head, R2 got this when he started to download information from the Death Star. Now, that's kind of an interesting whole side thing of, like, the Emperor just had this huge new weapon just uh, completed. He's going to blow up some planets, he's going to get complete control of the galaxy, terrorize everybody, yay! And then he's also like, and by the way, could you upload all of my secret force research? Eh, interesting. Interesting thoughts to have. More stories to be told there. Abrams also goes on to say that what wakes R2 up from his low power mode is realizing that BB-8 has the other part of the map. And so now he has a motivation to wake up because it's basically somebody's like, hey, I got the first part of this amulet. And R2's like, oh, I have the other part of that amulet. I'll wake up now. And so R2 wakes up. 
He combines his part of the map, which is also the part that the First Order has, and he combines it with the thing that Lor Santeca has, which the First Order didn't have, and now the Resistance has the map, the location, the path to the First Jedi Temple, and therefore the path to Skywalker. That's all perfectly clear, right? Maybe it should have been clearer in the movie. This is a constant and fascinating debate to have. Uh, Obviously, uh, Star Wars fans who like to go deep, we always want things to be clear. You know, certainly some mystery in the story, but there's a lot in The Force Awakens where I think the creators made the right choice to not have too much exposition, to try to really just keep focused on characters, keep focused on emotions, and just move the plot along as fast as possible. And then it leaves plenty of times for, well, questions in podcasts like this, and expansions in books and comic books and all of that stuff. And yes, I know the argument that if it has to be explained in a book, maybe there's a problem with your movie, so be it. But still, I think it's the right choice to have this be, uh, let it be a little bit murky in the movie, and let fans like us who want to do the work, do the work to put it all together, work just as hard as the characters in The Force Awakens did to put that map together. Now, I want to get back to sort of the heart of this, the emotion of this, just like they did in the movie. They could have said throughout the film, desperate to find Skywalker, everybody is looking for the map to the first Jedi Temple, which is where Luke was hidden. But instead, no. They use the more romantic term of the map to Skywalker. And they basically set the entire plot of The Force Awakens in motion by people wanting to find Luke Skywalker. So what we learn is there is a map to Skywalker. There is a map to Skywalker's location. But by constantly calling it a map to Skywalker, it invites that idea of finding Luke, truly finding Luke. And physically, Luke was found by the end of The Force Awakens, but it sets us up in a fun way for The Last Jedi and reminds us that the plot of The Last Jedi has to be, at least on some point, the actual map to Skywalker. The map to Luke Skywalker's heart and soul. We have been told by Kathleen Kennedy that the view of these saga films is that they are the saga of the Skywalkers, and soon we will find out exactly how many Skywalkers there are in this sequel saga. We've got Luke. We have the fallen Kylo Ren. We have Leia Organa Solo Skywalker. Perhaps we have Rey Skywalker. We do not know. Perhaps it will be revealed that Temin Snap Wexley is secretly a Skywalker. I bet not. Anyway, the point is, it's a reminder that this saga is about the Skywalkers, and that the issue that kicked off the sequel saga is, where is Luke Skywalker? Where is the heart of this story? And in particular, in the story, the idea that both the good guys and the bad guys, the resistance in the First Order, feel like the entire fate of the galaxy hinges on Luke Skywalker. Snoke says very clearly, we have to destroy the last Jedi. If we don't, the Jedi will rise again. And of course, Leia's perspective, the resistance's perspective is, we need this powerful Jedi Master. If we are going to fight and push back the First Order, we need this powerful 
leader, this wise Jedi master, it puts a lot of pressure on Luke. And we remember that. And when you think of it as not a technical map, but the map to Skywalker, the map to hope for basically both sides, the map to victory, it's a good reminder of how much pressure is on Luke. And maybe, maybe it won't play out that when Ray arrives with his idea of handing Luke his lightsaber back and saying, hey, the entire galaxy is depending on you. We fought hard to get this map and put it together so we could come find you so you could save the galaxy. And then Luke says, nah, I'm good. Then something else happens. Then he realizes that Ray is very, very powerful. And maybe this will be a relief to Luke. Maybe it will be less a choice of, oh, I I don't want to come save the galaxy because I feel like just more violence will cause more violence. I don't want to be a part of that. But maybe the realization that Rey is extremely powerful will take some pressure off of Luke. And it will not be all about the map to Skywalker, but a little bit about the map to the future. Does that future depend on Rey? Does it depend on Kylo? Or is the responsibility ultimately in the hands, one real, one mechanical, of the true last Jedi, Luke Skywalker? Basically, what I'm saying is, in The Last Jedi, who will find, discover, and properly use the map to Luke Skywalker's heart? Anyway, Luke not Skywalker, but Larson. Uh, that was a great question. Really fun to dig into both the practicalities. Thank you for uh, causing me to procrastinate a lot on that Star Wars Galaxies map. Uh, and thank you all for listening. As always, if you have grievances, things that bother you emotionally, uh, things that just kind of distract you because they don't quite make sense or don't quite add up, please let me know. Always happy to kind of try to take apart various logic flaws, but I also like knowing about your feelings, friends. Let me know what bothers you, even if it's irrational, and I will try to offer some different ways to think about it that maybe bring you a little closer to the light side of the force. Please send in those grievances at SWCounseling. Rather, use the hashtag SW Counseling. We release an episode every other Friday. There is much more to come. As always, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You don't need a map. You just need an internet connection. You can find me on social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can uh, also check out my other podcast, Obsessed, that is on the Feral Audio Network. And also, I got a lot of shows coming up. I have a live Obsessed coming up in Minneapolis in December and one in San Francisco in January. And you can find out information about all that on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com. You can also like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. And you can check out our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.